the longest break ever in our podcast. It is, yeah. In like six years or something. And it feels far too soon. <laughs> one more week, Lord. We kept saying one uh, more week. That was the problem. I know, huh? One more week turned into two months. Well, you know what I find during the holidays? Like, I don't know if you intentionally mean to like slow down and not podcast. Because I know it's like, you know, it's the holidays. We'll just kind of, we'll just uh, power through it. But damn, man, once it starts going, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. Can we just take that break? Well, the yeah, especially you know? with uh, with families and stuff, like the holidays just get, I mean, it was like, I'm going, we were going down to Palm Desert to be with like Katie's sister. And it's like, my mom's coming over and like Katie's parents were always coming over. And it's like, okay, I guess when do I get a break from all the fucking family visits? Well, yeah, you were telling me because I was wondering like, well, you were just saying how you went took vacation and you haven't had a day off to just relax. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. Most vacations are even more busy than Yeah, it, than it really kind of sucked because I took uh, Thanksgiving off and then everyone got COVID. Oh, that's right. And then I took off the week before Christmas and I got sick. Oh, yeah. And then because I was really sick uh, on Christmas. Like the flu? Yeah. Because oh. I kept thinking, did I get COVID? And I kept testing. And I I went through like four tests and yeah. all negative. And then the I was like, oh, I guess it must be the flu. Like, I don't know what the hell this is. And then I went to work with like a fever and stuff. And I was like, what am I doing? And I was like, it just, yeah, why'd you go to work? Oh, because you there had was a bunch no of stuff to do. There huh? was no one else there. Everyone else was on vacation. Well, so it was pretty lax, but I had to like do like the basic stuff. Just basically keep the machine running. Yeah, exactly. Keep, keep it on idle, essentially. Yep. And it was like, yeah, you know, well, that is, it is what it is. But, you know, it's good to take a break. Um, like, at, at least right now, we don't have, like, any kind of obligations to anyone to, like, always podcast. Like, if we had, like, a lot of viewers and interaction and stuff, it would definitely, I'd, I'd probably wouldn't, like, let us take a break. Well, yeah, once we saw that green, we'd be like, <laughs> all right, baby, we're yeah. quitting our jobs. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, that, it's, like, right now, it, like, this is just for, like, really for us, like, in our growth and discussions. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, everybody, uh, even though the, the everybody, you know, Karen, I mean, every, and I, <laughs> every, every Karen. person. <laughs> not. Uh, we're back, and uh, we can rip into the intro. Welcome, everyone, to Twin Shadows Podcast. This is episode, I think, 117 or 118. And uh, yeah, the podcast about film, filmmaking, and filmmakers. And you're joined as always by your two co-hosts, Tom and Steve. So Steve, yeah. how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm all right, man. I'm tired. I'm always tired now. You know, a lot of big surprises. Is there changes a, did in you life, want to announce why you're tired on the podcast? Uh, I guess. Kind of. A little bit. I mean, it ain't going away. That's true. <laughs> Well, I had my first little one, so <laughs> I was like, "That's a way to put it, buddy. Your first little one." Yep, the first one. So that he's aware of that I'm aware <laughs> of. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's been very tiring yes. and very consuming. Stephen is now being called daddy by people that are not <laughs> that are appropriately calling him daddy. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, so that's a, one of the main reasons why uh, we took a, the a break, break. Was so long too. Uh, and uh, Sophia, 
Yeah. Was born on uh, Halloween. What yeah. a kick-ass birthday. I know, right? Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Halloween, baby. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And so what's that experience been like, buddy? I, I You've been watching a lot of movies with her? Uh, I was at first. Yeah, I was watching like a bunch of TV shows. I think I was telling you. I was mm-hmm. just checking out um, Attack on Titan. Her and I were watching that. Well, I was watching it. Yeah. Um, but now slowly kind of getting into grooves and more energy as she sleeps more. Yeah. So it was a lot of video games, a lot of TV. And now I'm trying to put her down and actually get to all the work that I've been putting off for like these months. Yeah. But it, I mean, it, it takes a, you got to get into a rhythm. I think that's the hardest part is understanding the rhythm. Well, that's why I'm starting slow and I'm really only working on the house, like just cleaning up at night, which doesn't really get you anywhere because, you know, it's always dishes to wash, trash to throw. Yeah. But just like working on uh, Karen's office and trying to really get that going. And, you know, eventually I want the studio to be in the garage. So that move will eventually happen. Get it all nice looking and daydreaming about how that will look like so yeah just trying to get into that and then be like okay you got that done feeling good well you know let's try to work on the podcast a little bit let's try to work on editing a little bit i don't know about writing that's a little too hard for me right now i think because it it just requires too much of me yeah um and i think that's why i really haven't touched anything film related unfortunately is because it just requires a little too much of me um, but yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to slowly, but you know, before she was born, like I left off on a really good spot, like a jog at night. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much done with it. Um, I'm probably jumping a little bit ahead on topics, but no, it's fine. Cause I wanted to show it to you and get your final, uh, input. Yeah. So I just need to like actually put all the clips together so it's cohesive for you to watch. Yeah. And then same thing with scene six i mean you've seen it it's pretty much done yeah I, or I shouldn't say it's done but it's it's certainly past the draft i did you gave me your notes i just need to put those together yep and then we watch it you know a couple more times a couple small changes here and there and then it's pretty much done like, i mean it kind of feels done already it does feel pretty much done i think you just needed to just get it in the like timeline ready format um because wasn't it like there were like layers and layers of of different clips that we need to kind of get That's rid of it's supposed to look buddy. no i mean like with the there's clips yeah that, like because i had like different takes on yeah. certain sections yeah yeah and there was like we were like having to mute tracks and stuff so got to get that yeah. into just a single timeline right so yeah. we can just drop it in yeah so i just got to do that um but yeah. i mean like you saw it, it it's still a little rough so you know there's some finessing that still needs to there, happen it's a little possible. rough yeah i was gonna say but also it's just a little rough I, it, it's just a rough scene like yeah it's very the movie's rough. a rough movie we should it's call a it a rough movie. dickhead you know <laughs> jesus christ but I, I mean i was really excited when we were watching it um the thing that i was thinking that was really cool that i really like about editing and especially when we're editing together is that editing there is no most of the time, there's no right answer. Yeah, there's only it's, wrong answers. <laughs> there's a lot of wrong answers, but also it's like, this could work and this could work. And it's just, and it's just like really just thinking of, you have to then really just boil down to intention. What are you trying to tell with the yeah. scene? 
like what is it like we were like arguing like that facial emotion is more sad or more happy and it's like yeah. we're really getting down to like that like yeah where it's like well she's more expressive here but should she be more expressive or less yeah. expressive and there she's less expressive in this take and more expressive here and that's where it's like well damn like you're like it's like really at the how much is it really changing like yeah uh, you know at, at, but it's also some really aspect. fun though i think it is really you fun. know because like there's some takes where it is radically noticeable mm -hmm. you know it's not just like a subtle audience probably wouldn't catch it like sometimes <laughs> sometimes it is really like oh yeah this this feels a lot different and and that's fun it is because yeah. then it's like oh well if we go with this this is kind of what it's saying about the whole scene and how she is as a person it's like, oh, well, if we go this, now she's this kind of person and it's this kind of take on the scene and characters are responding it, to it like this. And, yeah, exactly. You know, for instance, like Lexi, mm -hmm. um, within when we wrote that scene, she's just kind of the sweet girl trying to get her friend Jennifer to come to the party. Yep. And then in the edit, she kind of turns into this manipulative double agent playing both sides, kind of doing it to her own ends. And mm -hmm. it's just extra richness that I get. I feel like maybe that was a little unintentional with Lexi, right? Because because she had there's a bit of a love triangle, and and we didn't really mean for that to be anything more than just this is this character's past. Yeah, exactly. And um, it was kind of just like the chemistry and uh, Suzanne's performance kind of led it into a direction of her own thing which i think that's what actors really bring off the page yeah is uh their interpretation and also just their performance yeah um because like her interactions with chris slash kevin is so much more uh like like she plays off of him very well yeah and so you want to like play up that because it works better for the scene because it's just the deliveries and stuff are better yeah and then it kind of changes the dynamic, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, interesting. And then you get something kind of better out of it. Yeah, oh. it just adds this extra layer that, you know, it doesn't need to be there, but it's there and why it's, not? Yeah. And it just adds this extra layer of depth to it. And, and it's fun. It's but a it's fun also, thing to see come come to fruition and come to light. It does. It's nice that it's there because it adds a realism to it because they're not characters... The best characters in movies aren't characters. They're just people, right? Yeah. And uh, people, everyone has their own life and their own motivations. And and that's why it's kind of nice because it's like we know we, we know we put it in there. Like I know you have a big fear about like how we sell Richard's character. But it's like we know what we put in there. If people get it, they get it. Right? But we know it's there to a degree. To like a, To a degree. The, the intention and or not the intention. Yeah, the intention and the editing is trying to nudge people in a direction. Yeah. And if and it's just how far you nudge or how far you pull back. Right? And that's kind of where we're like that's where Well, I think in that respect the, we're in the issue of it's not necessarily there in the writing. Yeah. So it has to be more there in the edit. Right. You know. Cuz I don't know if there is a good flip. Although Maybe when, how we originally wrote it with how he flips out on her and just goes completely ballistic with all the words yeah. added. Maybe that would have sold it a little better because then it would have been like, oh, wow, he's just having a blow up here. It's not just... That was the... It's not just he was... He had these ulterior 
motives this entire time. Now it's like, oh no, no, no. He just he, a flip got switched right there. Yeah, because that's how I my I, my always Im, imagine it as it is just an, a sudden explosion of uncontrollable emotion. And because I'm trying not to spoil too much, I guess. But and here's a piece of advice. Always take do a take the way it was written. Yep. <laughs> because we were talked out of of doing it the way that we had wanted to do it. Uh, and I think that was very detrimental to some degree. Um, it, it, I don't think it was at the time. It, it was very um, understandable. But then when you see it as a whole in its entirety, it's like, oh, man, we really needed our original vision yeah. there. Like... It was like, oh like, yeah, like that happened for a reason. Yeah, we actually there was a reason why we did stuff. Yeah, and I think, and I, this is something that I'll, I'll never forget, and I'll always go forward in filmmaking is, I want to make the audience feel uncomfortable. I want to make them feel something, and we're going to talk about it with um, uh, Willem Dafoe. He had a, like a little quote thing when people were interviewing him about how. The more challenging, and I air oh, quoting, yeah. challenging films don't do well on streaming because people don't want to watch challenging films at home. And I mean, he's kind of right. I I, I know because in the article he says like uh, people want to go home and put on something dumb. And I've definitely said that. Like I just want to watch something dumb. Like I tell you that all the time on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, you know, like I've seen so many B movies, horror films, and action films. Mm-hmm. Usually when I come home after a long days of work, I don't want to watch Stalker. No, nope. you know, I, I don't want to watch I, Killers of a Flower Moon. Yeah, it's like, I know it's a masterpiece. I know it's probably got great everything. Every aspect of that filmmaking is probably great, but it's like, I don't want to see a boring, slow, dull film that's probably subtitled, where I really got to pay attention to. <laughs> and then most of all, because I wrote it in our notes, or my notes, is I don't necessarily want to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, not only do I not necessarily want to be challenged mentally, I also don't necessarily want to be challenged emotionally, especially after a rough day, mm-hmm. you know? And it's nice to watch these schlocky films, maybe, if you could apply that to that. Yeah. Where, yeah, sometimes I just want to be a little numb. You know, I yeah. gotta I gotta go to bed soon and then restart the day and get back to the grind. And sometimes I want to be a little numb before I go to bed and start that rigorous yeah. life. And also, I want to I want to give the film its due. Like, yeah, that too. Like when you're gonna sit down and watch, like like I said, I just because I just watched Killers of the Flower Moon. I just watched it last weekend. You want to? You don't want to just put that on and then like start doing dishes. <laughs> like yeah. you don't want to put that on like you want to put that on and like engage with it yeah. because if you're not it's going to feel like the longest slog of your life yeah because you're not really in, um, like you're just not engaging with the film and you're not catching every little thing that Scorsese is just pouring into this movie right like you're missing you're going to miss stuff but when I put on you know uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 or something or Hellraiser 5. It's like, if I just so happen to miss the character's like poor (laughs) delivery, that's fine. (laughs) If I went to the bathroom and I took a half hour in there and come back out, I'll be able to catch up. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I watched this great B movie because uh, I it was like I watched Killers of the Flower Moon and then I told myself I was gonna watch a bunch of B movies afterwards. And I watched mm-hmm. a B movie called The Wraith. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but Charlie Sheen plays a well, it's a spoiler, but he's a ghost, a wraith. He's a wraith, and he is hunting down and killing everyone that murdered him when he was alive. But they're all like drag racers. And it makes sense. And he starts coming in and he's gonna bang the like the head drag racer's girl and he's like a ghost and it's it's like so schlocky and yeah. and they uh they like force people into racing and so they force people in the race, take their cars, sell it for money and like use it to soup up their cars and they like cheat like to win the races and shit. Yeah. So it's like it's yeah. It's a kind of a movie like that, and like one of the they're like snorting like motor oil and shit and stuff like that. Um, and it's just like, man, that movie's it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so schlocky, but it's it's a beautiful movie. I was gonna ask you though, like when you do put on these challenging movies. Yeah. Don't they always hook you though right away? Uh maybe I want that, maybe that's a bad way to word. I wanna say yes, but sometimes it I there's just too many distractions going on. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, I gotta the kids are bouncing around and it starts to bug me because I'm like, I really want, like when I was watching Killers of Fire Moon, I was like, I really just want to fucking like watch it, just get involved in it because this is a movie I can tell, like from the, like the, like you said, almost immediately you're like, okay, I'm in. Like, yep, you're doing something good here. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, and, but, cause then you got to give a movie its due. Yeah. Some movies don't necessarily require your uh, insane attention span. I would say most don't. Yeah. Honestly. But these challenging films, like I'm like Willem Dafoe, because he was in, uh, what was that movie called that he was in? This well, year? so many. Oh, uh, this year? Pretty Liars, or no, what was it called? It's not Saltburn. I know no. that's the big one people the are The Frankenstein about. movie. Nosferatu? He was in a Frankenstein movie. Pretty little simple things or little things. Was, oh, poor things? Poor things. He's in poor things. And I think that was what part of what it was. he was being interviewed about. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, that guy makes pretty challenging films, I would say. Willem Dafoe is just like one of the best actors. Not to say loved. that I'm necessarily crazy about his films. He's the one who did The Lobster and stuff like that, right? The Lobster, your, um, The Favorite, Dog Tooth. He did some other movies. Didn't he do The the Fawn or... I keep wanting to call it Casusa's film, but it's not. Oh, what are you... It's like something with fawn. It's another animal name, isn't it? Oh yes, killing of a sacred deer. Killing of a, I was gonna say killing of a sacred fawn or whatever. Yeah. What's yeah. her film called? A wounded fawn. A wounded fawn. Yeah, I keep wanting think like confusing those titles. Killing of a sacred deer. I'm pretty sure I saw that one. Yeah. And I was like, uh, oh, well, I love the favorite. Know. I was a big fan of the favorite. The favorite was really amazing. Yeah, and that and uh, have you had any desire to watch it again? I have, but also it's one of those movies where you got to be in the mood. Yeah. And I, it's not something I can just throw on. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't but I did have lo- any desire to see it again, but I always think about it a lot. Yeah, that movie, there's just some scenes that really just stick out in my head. Also, just the acting was just oh, so yeah. great in that film. Like the characters and their interplay between each other. I mean, it was just, it was a good movie, man. Yeah. The favorite was really solid. The favorite, yeah. Who did it go up against? Uh, that was that wasn't Parasite Year. Was that it? was the Parasite. Mm, let me let me let me look it up. I know there's another film 
or at least maybe two films that came out that year that were like really strong contenders. It was Parasite Year. Yeah, okay. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, other year though? Any other year, it stomps. Any other year, it's probably a best picture. Because it was 2018, and 2018 was like the last year for like, because that year Film. I had was so stacked. And that was your Green Book one, the best oh. Oscar. No way. No, Parasite one. Yeah, Parasite one. So Green Book won the year after or Falling. before? So was the favorite up against Green Book? No, no. you said it was up it, against Parasite. Parasite, yeah. And that was yeah. like the same year as Roma, I think. Honestly, probably since 2018, it's been a bit of a downhill. Oh, yeah. You know, and strangely enough, 2020 kind of was a strong year. Like re- looking back in reflection, this new year that we have yeah. here. Looking back in reflection, yeah, 2020 kind of was that strong year because it had Sound of Metal, which, you know, I like. Yeah, and Nomadland, which was pretty Nomadland. good. Nomadland. Because um, after, I think Minari might have been that year. Yes. You know, and I've heard a lot of good things about that one. Or 2021. Like they, those kind of blend together because. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know. The releases were really weird. Um during COVID. But I mean, you know, going back to like normalcy post-COVID, 2023 is that year, right? Yep. And man, there was a lot of stinkers this year. In fact, I don't even know if there's like jumping to the next one. I don't think there's any movies that I really even liked this year. The only movie I really, that really stood out to me and I, I, I recommended to you was Talk To Me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have... I made a list. Um, so for my favorite movies of the year, I put Killers of the Flower Moon, Talk to Me, um, The Holdovers, Godzilla, and Godzilla Minus One. Oh, yeah. I forget that movie came out. Yeah, because I loved Godzilla Minus One. Um, the more and, I think about that movie, the more I dislike it. Um, I, I think the more I think about it, the more I appreciate the original Godzilla more. Oh, yeah. Usually when I see a Godzilla movie, I, I appreciate the original more. Because uh, the thing, and I will say this, the, the, the thing about Godzilla minus one is it takes full advantage of how badass Godzilla is. Yeah. And then it shoves a very slog worthy drama. I mean, I guess if you're really into the World War II drama... You probably really love that movie. But then you want to see a World War II drama. I wasn't really into that story. Like the, but once it got into like the, the, them clearing the mines and like fighting Godzilla, I was so on board. I was just like, like I said, just cut that section out. And I know it's like character building and shit, but like, I don't need it, any of it. It just couldn't land for me because it's like, ah, big green lizard came out and ate everyone. Ah." It's like, ah. You know, this is supposed to be a, what is it, metaphor? Is that what you would call Godzilla? Yes. Yeah. For nuclear annihilation. And And that's why I love the original so much, because how do you defeat it with a bigger, badder weapon? Yeah. And it's like, God, that is so depressing. (laughs) You get a bigger stick. Yeah, exactly. And so the guy that makes the bigger stick kills himself so that no one else can make the bigger (laughs) stick again. Well, at least it ended on that positive note. Yeah, no, like that's like damn. But well, I did have some honorable mentions. Okay, uh, that I want to go over. Um, Dark Harvest. Yes, Dark Harvest was a lot of fun. I thought that was a really fun. I was a, kind of like, eh, this is gonna be whatever. It was totally like if you were a kid, that would be a movie. Yeah, you grow up to it'd be nostalgia. Based. I quite, like, I quite liked it. Um, it reminded me of like 
those made for TV horror movies that would just like randomly appear on like sci-fi. Um, <laughs> Cobweb. Yeah. Uh, the Creator. Oh yeah, The Creator should get a little nod. Yep. Sisu. Yeah. Well, like, I thought you hated it. I. You were shitting on it when you talked to me. You were like, well, I hate John Wick. I hate these movies. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I thought you would have liked it a little bit. The more, I mean, uh, more, it's more, not John Wick. It's not. It's way better, I think, actually. <laughs> well, not better than the first John Wick. But it's a really... I, I was shitting on it more than I gave it credit. I think and you were then, just pissed off at John Wick and took it out on CC. Because, I mean, yeah. it's, it's essentially its, you know, spiritual cousin there. Yeah. And then... uh the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, I liked oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. You, you're the one who made me want to actually check it out. I watched it with the with Luke, and he loved it, and I was getting really into it because he was getting into it. And the animation's fantastic, and the yeah. art style's really cool. Did you guys see Spider-Man? Yeah. I did, liked did he latch onto that? Or he no? didn't, you know. Oh, okay. Um, and I wanted to put Spider-Man on my list, but... Eh. That's fair. I felt pretty let down that... They had such a hardcore cliffhanger. Like they were oh, like, yeah. like it was like jarring. Yes, it is. Because it felt like as soon as I started getting into the movie, it ended. Yeah. And that's how I felt. Like, cause I thought, cause I was really starting to get into it. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is like really picking up pace. Cause it felt so slow in the beginning. Like I don't really care about like all the cool multiverse yeah. spider-man i it i'm kind of like it was like we have seen it's this multiverse shit has been just shoved down our throat like yeah. who cares and once you see it once you kind of see it all right you know like, yeah the concept isn't that original yeah because it's been kind of way over exploited yes it, it's like it, oh it's cool it's like if we were cubes yeah, if we Lego were this spider-man yeah and it's like no one okay it's like, okay, whatever. Just let me see Roger Rabbit. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think part of the problem too, and Spider-Man multiverse kind of falls into this where it's not really the conventional story, right? Where it has a three-act structure and it kind of follows that, you know, rising climax and then um, deflating conclusion. But it because it, it ends abruptly. It's like half a movie, literally. It is. Right? It's like you got to see act one and mid of act two. Yep. And wait next year for the rest of the actual film. Yeah, exactly. And it pissed me. It really pissed me off. That's why I removed it from the list. And there are a few movies, <laughs> that, there are a few movies I didn't see that may have possibly made the list if I'd watched them. I didn't watch... <laughs> Because I love Evil Dead and I haven't seen the new Evil Dead yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that came out this year? Yeah. That was a solid... It was like the uh, other one, the other remake, where they're just solid horror films. Oh, okay. They don't necessarily capture Evil Dead because also this is a different book of the dead. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess there's different like volumes or something. Interesting. And so this is a bit of a different one. And as a result, the... What are the, what is the Evil Dead even called? What are they called? The uh, Necronomicon? Oh, the ne- no, the, but the bad guys. Oh, the Deadites? The Deadites. I, I, they're kind of different than the ones Ash faces. Oh, okay. So it kind of has that. And the end monster's pretty cool concept, if it wasn't CGI. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just a solid little horror film. You yeah. Know? Very, I mean, just to see a solid film nowadays feels, that's a huge success. 
It is like <laughs> when, like when I was thinking about it because I was like I saw a lot of movies this year that were came out this year, and that I hated so many of them. Yeah, and to go into that, twenty twenty three was kind of like the death of the franchise. Um, no. I don't think so. I think I think it's the death of comic book films because I think a lot of franchise films, well, they came. I think they made money, but I think a lot of, to, but they all sucked even worse than than normal for me. Like but the Marvel I, films or franchise anything? Franchise anything other than there was like a couple standouts, uh, Mission Impossible being one of the standout franchise films. But I was thinking like I hated the new John Wick. I really didn't like the new Creed. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't like the new Scream. I hated this new Scream. I thought it, I, I'm surprised I actually sat through the whole thing. <laughs> I wanted to turn it off so many times. Um, I think there were a few more franchises that came out this year that I didn't watch any of the Marvel movies. I haven't seen a new comic book movie. I watched The Flash. I thought that was just okay. Yeah, I, I saw Blue Beetle with my family. It was actually not bad. But, um, let me ask you this then mm-hmm. to rally back with you. There was Super Mario Brothers. Yep. There was Barbie. Yep. There was Oppenheimer. <laughs> yep. The, I mean, those are the starting of new franchises. And this Oppenheimer? Is where, <laughs> well, not Oppenheimer. <laughs> but and this is where I think you're gonna see a lot of franchises lean towards now because Last of Us came out and that was huge. Mm-hmm. Video games. I mean. We haven't had a really good video game movie possibly ever. Well, I liked Super... I actually like Stateside. Stateside, I should say. Yeah, I liked the new Super Mario Brothers movie. I thought that was... Like, the kids love it. So, I, but, I've watched it a few times. But that's one of the best, right? It's one of the best, yeah. And see how successful that was? I mean, it made like $1.3 Yeah. So, the franchises, I think they're going to move away from comics and now video games. And video yeah. games are better for many reasons... But I think one of the better reasons too is, you know, like we were watching Blue Beetle and it was just so cheesy to see the bad guy transform into the, you know, stronger version of himself. And that's who Blue Beetle really has to face. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, it's just so cheesy to see someone oh, they put on their super armor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, damn, I've seen that so many times. It's so tired now. But with video games, I mean, you literally have Super Mario Brothers. You have Zelda. You have Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Dead or Alive. You know, or Resident Evil even. Or Silent Hill. Like you have this, this uh, base that goes in so many different genres and directions and unique stories. You know, from child to very adult to fun and happy to some of them just downright like sad and moving. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. So that a Guillermo del Toro's Shadow of the Colossus movie, if it ever comes out. Oh, he wants to make it? Yeah. Well, if there's anyone who could do it, damn, that'd be amazing. Could that you would, imagine if, just with that art design alone and to see what he would then I mean, go it, off of it's there? essentially like it would be like a better Pacific Rim. <laughs> because the thing that, that the best part about Pacific Rim is Charlie uh, Hutt. What's that? Charlie Hummin? Oh, I, I was going to say that how he captures the scale of the kaiju and the robots because they actually feel like they're giant. Like the way everything moves around the screen. Denny Valenu did that really well with Dune. Oh, yeah. That's the, the scale, movie where I felt like I felt the scale. The scale in Dune is like, oh, fuck, these things are big. <laughs> Shit's yeah, big. That, that felt like 
I don't know. I don't know how some people are able to do it and some don't. Yeah, I don't know he either. Did, he because he did a arrival. Yeah, arrival. Yeah. I mean, you felt this. Oh yeah, you could feel the. Just like when they're going up the like the anti gravity elevator shaft thing, yeah, you're like, when it's like, whoa, yeah, you realize you're going into something huge. You know those? There's a lot of those classic like silent films that did the big epic like Cleopatra, where they had like a hundred thousand extras, yeah, and like uh, I've never seen it, but the David Lean uh, movie uh, Lawrence of Arabia, I've never seen it. Mom's favorite, but like apparently, like they just capture like. The vastness of the they desert do. in That's a way one of the that most beautiful movies. Yeah, literally, and, it's one of the most beautiful. You'll but ever like, see. and then some movies like they just can't capture scale, or like it's so off, and you're like, nothing. Size doesn't matter. Well, like, like nothing. Well, these Marvel films, you know. Yeah, it's always bigger, right? It's, the scale is always bigger, yeah. but you just don't feel like it feels big. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, watching like all the. In the Affinity War, Infinity War, it's like it's just like watching a bunch of clay blocks like jump at each other. Yeah, but it's also like, well, how big is Thor? Is he still a six foot person, or is he hundred feet tall? Like, I don't really fucking know. Yeah, can he change his size? Is everyone Ant Man? I don't fucking know. Like, I thought only Ant Man was small. Like, I don't. It's it's so weird. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird how some people just can do it and some can't. It's also how. uh characters move around the sets yeah it, for some reason in marvel movies characters just f- are flinging around the screen like all the time so yeah. you really have no idea where you are yeah and in dune it was just like he just planted the camera down and just pointed it and, and like it was like it. and you just watch this wide of uh, you know an, this giant ass sandworm or the big ships or the giant wall that they built just to be like a back set piece for like one scene. And it's just this massive intricate wall that's real. Yeah. And it, you, the characters are standing next to it and you feel it. And it's weird. It's weird because it makes a difference. Yeah. Cause I saw this, I don't know what movie it was, um, but it was like this big movie, but every scene took place. You could tell was on a little set mm-hmm. and it felt like it was a set, even though it was supposed to, I think it was probably some sci-fi film. And you just didn't feel the scope or, or the world building, I guess, as part of scale, perhaps. Whereas, you know, uh, the creator came to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that film did pretty decent on world building. I mean, you'll always compare a film like that to Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like, well, shit. You can't really top that for sci-fi. The creator definitely had its problems, but I was just so happy to see a movie like that again. No, I... I I mean, it kind of makes me sad that it did so poorly. Mm-hmm. Even though I think it was considered a bit of a success because... Well, it had a very small, relatively small budget. For its size, because I think it was like 90 million. Yeah. 91. Yeah, which is like the same budget as Underwater, which is kind of like... Yeah, and, and I think it made... And that all went to TJ Miller and he ruined <laughs> that fucking movie. I think both films made and combined uh, $10 million, so... yeah. I mean, I, I still love Underwater. Whenever someone says, like, what's, like, the most underrated movie in the past, like, five years, it's, like, it's Underwater. Oh, probably Underwater, yeah. Because I, uh, yeah. I love that movie. I watch it all the time. Yeah, probably Underwater. That's a perfect movie to, like, just shut your brain off and, like, yes. just, because it's, a, it's a, like, an amusement park ride, kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, when we were watching it, you just kept saying it's a video game. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's all you get. You're like, dude, this is a video game. I could feel it's yeah, it's like a video game where you don't have to actually control anything. Mm-mm. And you're just like, and Kristen Stewart is perfect in that movie. Um, but yeah, I love underwater. Sorry, we're getting off topic. I oh if there is a topic, I don't even know where we are. Well, so. you were talking about other bad films. Oh, or yeah. no, you were doing the films you liked and then Oh, franchises. We're talking about franchises. Franchises. I, I'm actually, well, I'm hoping franchises die. I don't think so. There's too much money to be made. Yeah, but I, I well, I've been really disillusioned, I think, by just the, like, there's going to be no real change. Like, the amount of money that they just shove in, like, or are faking to make these movies, like, there's overinflated budgets. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, like, if someone was, like, Instead of making like the two hundred million dollar Avatar movie, whatever is next, what if they made uh-huh. two hundred one million dollar movies? That that'd be dickhead. <laughs> I mean, if we could make with a million dollars, we could make like a thousand dickheads. Yeah, could you imagine? But, <laughs> um, but what? But everyone would get paid. I guess if everyone got paid, yeah, I, everyone would definitely be paid. Right? Like that would you know, we could maybe make like two dickheads with a million dollars. If everyone got paid properly and like we weren't, and we weren't every crew member. Yeah, I was going to say, we'd actually have a crew. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we had a, we had a pretty nice crew for Dickhead. We had a great crew, but we didn't have enough crew members, you know, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like thinking about that and I was like, why can't, why, like, why isn't that? Because it it wouldn't be that hard. Only a couple of those movies would have to be successful to make all that 200 million back, right? Yeah, well, that's, you know, what Blumhouse does. I mean, again, <clears throat> franchises, Five Nights at Freddy's. That was yeah. like 10 million, I think, or something, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was really low budget. And it made like 100 million. It wasn't that bad either. It was pretty average. Oh, you were lying. No, it was like... It was awful. <laughs> the movie was so funny. Oh, you got to watch that movie. I was surprised I made it through. You got to watch that movie with Luke okay because I, I i will say that probably changed how yeah. i watched that movie the fun part is luke not the movie dude yeah because he was like it's that character and i'm like i don't know who that character is but he's excited to see it and yeah. he's freaking out and he's flipping out and i was like oh that's really cool like yeah it's like when i was a kid watching street fighter and like ryu does like his really shitty like oh. <laughs> hadouken oh and guile finally did his one uh what oh. is that called that oh. kick that back foot kick yeah and you're like oh my that. Yeah. And Jean-Claude actually did. It was like, holy shit. Yeah. He doesn't have like flames or anything coming out of his feet, but it's still cool. Yeah, I know. What Sonic boom. Like, <laughs> what was that? I was waiting the whole movie. And then you got Kylie Minogue as Cammy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It, you know, it I, that's how you know and it had one of the greatest actors as M. Bison. Yeah, Raul Julia. Julia. Like yeah. literally one of the greatest actors. Yeah, that movie literally killed him. <laughs> well, you know why he did it, right? No. I don't know if it's true, but Facebook always shows those little meme things. Mm-hmm. And I guess, well, he already knew he... I No. Did he? I don't know if he knew he had cancer yet. He probably did. But he did it for his kid because his kid loved Street Fighter. So when he found out the movie was coming out, he decided to do the movie so his kid could enjoy it. Oh, that's... Dude. Yeah, so that's how they got him. <laughs> I mean, his kid probably was like, Daddy, why? <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I have a real sweet spot for that movie. Oh, I, I hated it. But I, I mean, I was older than you. Yeah. So, you know, you're like Luke watching Five Nights at Freddy's. But I love video game movies. All of them. 
I liked Doom. Really? I liked I liked Mortal Kombat. I liked Street Fighter. Did you see Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Oh yeah, I love that movie. You do? I do. Oh god, I was it's like so bad, it but I love it. I was like, the first one was so good. I loved all those. Like yeah, I liked it. all those video game movies. Because I'm just a loser. I watched Alone in the Dark because I thought it was based off the video game, but it like was, but wasn't. It was and wasn't, right? They just yeah. pretty much stole the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's his name was in it? Christian Slater. Did you see Max Payne? I did. I liked yeah. Max Payne and I liked Hitman and I liked <laughs> Hitman Agent 47. Or yeah. Did you see yeah. that one? Yeah. With Timothy Oliphant as Agent 47. No, it's a different person. Hitman oh, that's the with- sequel. The sequel no, it's is Agent 47. It's oh. just a reboot. I didn't see that they one. They did then. like a year later. <laughs> I didn't see that one. But Max Payne with uh with Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Oh yeah. I liked that movie. I liked it. I like video game movies because I, I liked Prince of you, Persia. Let me ask you this. Did you see Uncharted? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay, I, I you know that that only worked up to a certain point. <laughs> it was probably like 2007 or 2008 is when I stopped liking video game movies. For the most part. They got to do, um, what's the space one? Dead Space? Dead Space? Yeah. That would be cool. Because, cause, well, I think they have a movie, but it's awful. They do have a movie. It's an yeah. anime. Well, they have the anime too. I think they have a live action. They do? I, I don't think, think I've seen it. I think it's like a super B bad movie. Um, like, but oh, the, but you the know, anime is not too bad speaking if you ever saw of, that. Speaking of good... Uh, movies video game movies i love the resident evil all the resident evil movies i like the first one well yeah you see mila jovovich uh doing action stuff very action-packed yeah multi-pass you know, you know which I'm... one i thought was pretty decent but I, it kind of gets a lot of hate um silent hill yeah silent hill was i like silent you hill know, it was like okay well if you're not going to go with necessarily the video games initial premise and really follow it well, you can be a spiritual successor, and that film was that. I liked both Silent Hill movies. There's three. Is there a third one? Yeah. Um, which one? I guess you didn't I, like the third one. I probably haven't seen it. They kill Silent Hill monster. Oh. Because the, the second one had that Abigail girl in it, whatever that chick's name is. And I liked her. I like her. She's an actress. Um, Adelaide Clemens, I think her name is. Wait, isn't Abigail. that the third one? Maybe I've seen the third one. Maybe I haven't seen the second one. I thought there was... Yeah, because isn't the second one more with Sean Bean? That first one's with Sean Bean. They both are. Sean Bean's in two? Pretty sure. Yeah. Then I have... I've only seen one Sean Bean one, so... Yeah. And I think it follows him a lot more. I like the... Because they realize like, I oh, like that we had Sean one. Bean. Yeah, we did it, put him in the movie. Because, yeah, you're right. It does... That first one is like... I was like, I don't remember them being like witch trials and shit inside <laughs> Hill. Like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, it really doesn't follow the first game or yeah. really any of the lore or anything, but it still references it and keeps it in mind. And it, I thought it was a really good spiritual successor to that to Silent Hill. Like yeah. if you're not going to follow the video game verbatim necessarily or very close to the source material, yeah, then do something like that where it's like, I respect it. Yeah. So, not like Mario Brothers, regardless if you like that movie or not. I think- and I mean the, or the one with... Uh, Bob Hoskins. I love that one. Cause, but that's nothing no. spiritual or anything related there to is like, Mario. It's just like, we, there here's are the title. Very few references because there's like the bombs. Yeah. There's the Koopa Troopas, right? Koopa Troopers th- that they call toads. <laughs> Why? 
I don't know. Because they never played the game. Technically, <laughs> there is a Yoshi. <laughs> a is character named Yoshi, but he's actually just a baby velociraptor. Oh, that's cute. That like has a long tongue that licks <laughs> Princess Daisy. Oh, Yoshi. And it's Princess Daisy, not Princess Peach. But that's fair. Daisy's a character. Yeah. And uh, they have boots that make them jump <laughs> instead of like just be able to jump. Well, don't they also use like rocket launchers and guns and stuff like they that? They use the super scopes that were from the SNES. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. I That movie's great. It is legitimately no, I, a great I know movie. I you love it. I love that movie. But I'm just saying as far as like... Mario? Yeah. Being it's, like, a, it, this was no, it, yeah. a video game movie. Yeah. It is so bad. <laughs> yeah. They just slapped Mario onto it. The problem though with the new movies... Especially the new Mario and every movie that has anything connected to it, they're so rough, self-referential, and they're so meta that you it kind of gets lost in the references. Like where there's no story, it's just you remember that thing, you remember that thing. Oh, yeah. look, it's the thingy. It's uh, it's the star that makes you invincible. Here's the music, and you're like, I like the music. <laughs> I remember the music. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it gets. It it really um, distracts because they're it's just like it's just we don't need a reference every five seconds. Give us a break here. Like, what are the characters? How are the how does Mario feel right now? Well, that's how you felt about Super Mario, the new one that came out. Yeah, right? it was yeah. just all super. It's just all jokes. Because once you mentioned that, I was like, oh, okay. And then I just kept looking for jokes, and I guess maybe Wreck It Ralph was kind of the. Predator to that with video games, yeah. to that approach of self-referentialism. Yeah, but I feel like that's like everything nowadays. No, it is. Like they saw that worked and that people loved it. Because Wreck-It Ralph, it was kind of cool to see all these other video yeah. game characters in there. Right? Yeah, it's like Zangief, oh yeah. shit. Even for um, Ready Player One. I'll admit, that was a bit of a hook for me to see all of this older stuff. So to see those references, it's mm-hmm. always like, hee 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 hee. Yeah. But now they've just gone overboard. Yeah, it's because like when you were a kid, you remember when you were a kid and you and the and uh, you would watch TV and like someone was playing with like a controller and then they would show the screen and it was like not a video game at all. It was just like some shitty like ten second loop of a graphic, but they had like the controller. Yeah, and you were like, I know what a controller is. Like, <laughs> yeah, I use one of those, and you'd get so excited. Uh, at least I would always get excited. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I guess that's it, right? Just that nostalgia, little hit right there. It's a, yeah, because yeah, and it was just something you never really saw. That's why Super Mario Brothers made a billion dollars. It hit the old guys and the kids. Speaking of kids, uh, Jodie Foster was in the news. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, she was on that. She's in the new season of True Detective, and she was being. Talk. She was doing an interview about that and how annoying it is to work with uh, Gen Z kids, yeah, because they like don't show up on time and they're lazy and they whine a lot. And I was curious about this because I've worked with a few Gen Zers and you're like surrounded by them, yeah. So, do you think she's accurate? Are they like too coddled in a sense? I think that's a perfect word to use to describe it. Yes. Are, I don't even know if it's that they're coddled. It's that they demand it. They demand to be coddled. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. No, you need to accept this for that reason. And it's really annoying because, you know, people then see it as very entitled. Yeah. And I think there's a truth to that. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a big truth to that because it's a lot harder working with them now. It is. But also, I don't think they're necessarily wrong. That's what I, that's what I meant. And by, I, that's what I was trying to get at with my question too, was it's like, they want a better life for themselves and not to like, essentially we it, like, I always would joke like, cause uh, we, like one of the kids, like younger guys or that we work with, he like, will take like a mental health day. And we like, are just like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Right. Mental health day? No, you just put your fucking clothes on and you go to work. Like, yeah. all right. Like, he's like, I remember it was like, well, he like sprained his wrist or his elbow or he like, no, no, he stubbed his toe. That's what it was. He didn't go to work. He called out of work because he stubbed his toe. And we were all looking well, at okay, each other. Like all the, little... all the older guys were looking at each other like, stub- like what? what the fuck? Stubbed his toe? Like, I kept working with like my arm like fucking broken and like hanging on down the side, right? Like with a fucking fever and shit because like I had to do like three things. And it's like, that's like, that was what we did. Like it was always like that or like you'd get fired for dumb shit like that. Like they just feel like they can't or they're just, they just jump to a new job. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like I don't understand that thing where they like, it's like their resume is like 14 pages when they print it because they've had like 15 jobs. (laughs) <laughs> like in in one year which is like yeah what the fuck like so it's so different yes but and i was gonna say that's also the other thing it's like a different generation isn't it because i mean us millennials we grew up in a very different world where you know probably the biggest difference is we didn't have technology like you see today it no. wasn't as readily available like the internet was this sacred thing that you could find if you knew someone with an actual computer and then you had to wait 20 years. Yep. And then if you're older than that, well, internet didn't even exist. It Like you had to use the yellow pages and encyclopedias, you know, you had to read books. Yeah. Hell, just having phones. No one had phones when I was in high school. Yeah. No it was one. just barely like, no, like the shitty Nokia phones. Yeah. And then you was like $900 a minute. Yeah, you didn't so your mom, your mom was like, "If you fucking call me on this phone, I will murder you. Like, <laughs> unless you are dead, do not call me." Yeah, yeah, and then it was, so it was like, yeah. But nowadays, man, those kids are like fucking. It's like surveillance state. It's like 1984. Yeah. Everyone is recording everybody all the time. Yeah, that's that's a tough one to live in. Though. I would have hated that. That sounds way worse, honestly. Way way worse. And see, that's why I think they're not necessarily. Like, they're not wrong, right? Because this is what they've grown up into. They're having to deal, like, a mental health day. Yes, I laugh at that. Yeah, I scoff. <laughs> but that's, like, sometimes you do actually need a mental health day. Yeah. It would be nice to take one. You know? Yeah, it would be. You'd probably be less likely to put the gun in your mouth if you <laughs> took a mental health day every now and then. Yeah. Right? So it's like, yeah, I don't... Now, stubbing your toe, that seems... I mean, maybe he broke his toe, and I, no. would, I would say I broke my toe... I don't know what I remember because when I heard that, I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Cause that, <laughs> remember when they were used to peak when we were kids, everyone always would talk about the greatest generation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the greatest generation fought the Nazis, right? The greatest generation, like they survived the Great Depression and they fought the Nazis. And also the self-righteousness. The Walter is Cronkite. What's really annoying about it. Oh, yes. You know, it's like, I'm better than thee because I have this... I've never I have said this technology the, that shows me all the crimes you guys have done yeah. is like, well, I didn't know about half of that, yeah. man. I've never said it's the N word out you. loud. And it's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, growing up in the 2000s, right? Like, yeah. I like Nelly. What can I say? So, so there's that, you know, where it's like, I mean, it's, it's literally a different generation. And uh, I don't like it. it. It doesn't feel as fun. Honestly, dealing with this generation, it's just too high strong, man. Yes. No wonder why they need mental days. It's a lot of anxiety, a you know, lot of stress. It's like, oh my God, I said this, or I said that, or I did this, or oh my God, I was born white. Like, not. Nah, <laughs> oh my God, it, I was born white. It, it's like, it, it's cool, man. It's cool. They should watch Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> you see white power in action. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, no, it's yeah, so, I get it. So, that movie really stuck to me, man. Killers yeah, of the Flower Moon. Watch it. It's so fucked up. Like you're like, we should have just killed all the white people, shouldn't we? Like, <laughs> that's what we all say too, buddy. Nah. Because, uh, and uh, this may be a hyperbole, and I haven't seen every movie in existence, but Robert De Niro plays the most evil character probably ever. Really, I think so. Well, that's a high. Like, it's high like uh, Ralph Fiennes Schindler's List level evil. And then this is based on a true story from what Based I on a true story. Wow. Okay. Which is what cements like the evilness, which I really want to see that zone of interest. Have you heard about that? No. It's a movie that came out just like two weeks ago. It It's a German film about, or it's a French film maybe, but it's a foreign film about <laughs> the head of Auschwitz. And it's all told from his house that was next door. So it's like his family, he moved his family into a house next to Auschwitz. And so, like, the whole movie has, like, it's, like, all took, taken place in that little compound that is his house. So, it's, like, his family having, like, barbecues and, like, having, like, the family over for swimming. And then behind them is Auschwitz. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. Whoa. And so, it's, like, he gets home from work and puts his hat down, right? And it's, like... Bring me my beer, you know, or Wiener Schnitzel or whatever, right? Wiener Schnitzel, now Hilda. Yeah, exactly. And like, they're like eating food, right? And then like, just 10 feet away from them is like the camps. Damn. And that's the like, that's the, the premise of the movie. That'd be intense if that's a German, like. It's either German, German or French, that. I think. I'd imagine the French. Yeah, that sounds like a thing of yeah, French, French people would do. Would do. Those goddamn Frenchies. Oh, so <laughs> getting back into the podcast. Um, where are we? But um, I wanted to talk about, you mentioned it because you watched the whole special. And oh, I yeah, went, cool. Because I wrote it down to yeah. talk about. Um, so I know we talk about AI a lot on this show. It's just because I think it's like this inevitable. It's like a wave. It's like you're standing below the tsunami. Like right now, I feel like we're at this place where we're like standing. Like the tsunami, like the water's all retreated, and we're just, just like looking at, right. It's like the abyss. <laughs> wow, what okay. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we're just waiting for like that wave to crash. That's terrifying, man. Um, so it, to bring to, to so that setup was to talk about how. There's this podcast, and I wish I remember what the name of the podcast was. 
but this podcast with like Will Sasso. Oh, uh-huh. um, they essentially like generate AI specials and like content, mm-hmm. and they like critique it and talk about it. So they did a. This is the. Oh, se- they actually critique the. Yeah. The stand- oh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. So, um, this was the George Carlin special. Yeah. Which I guess is generating buzz. Yeah. Be- okay. Because the his daughter spoke out and said like this is like an abomination. But why would she feel that strongly? Because it's she. I think also. One thing that I was thinking about too is like, imagine if your father passed away and then people were making content with his voice that kind yeah. of sounded like him. Like, it sounds just like him. Just it's like him. It's supposed to be him. Yeah. Literally. Like, how does that make you feel like as a person? Like, isn't that a Black Mirror episode? Like literally a Black Mirror episode with the guy that they, the robot that they bring back to replace the dead husband? Oh, uh-huh. Right? Like, how like weird is that? Like you're hearing your father say things he's never said, yeah. but it sounds like him. It and it is following along the lines of what he would say because the computer has just digested everything he's ever said and is just trying to copy it. Because it released a uh, a new special by George Carlin after he's dead. Yeah, thank God I'm dead. And it was basically <laughs> kind of like a. Would you use what is it? Aggregation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of all of his stand-up bits and yep, and then, and then they fed in like all current news, and then, then boom. Oh, right. is that how they did it? Yeah. So they took all his interviews, then took all of the news. Yeah, they asked it like said, specific like, how questions. Would, how would that? See? Wow, yeah. that's really that's way more interesting. Yeah. Damn. So that's, that's why it talks about mass shootings because the mass shootings bit were actually kind of funny. <laughs> well, no, if you watched it at the end, I thought I was going to say that. The second half, especially like the last quarter, mm-hmm. it got pretty good, man. It actually had me thinking. I was like, wow, that's kind of deep, George Carlin, and laughing. Yeah. So it got much better, which is kind of scary. It's terrifying. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's two. Well, I have two aspects about this myself. Hold on. Can I say two things that made it so terrifying initially? Yeah. Was it's like he's doing a performance at a club, right? It's like a... Mm-hmm. F- recorded stand-up special yeah you hear the crowd cheering and whistling and enjoying it now they sound a little fake but then you hear george carlin come on and just the cadence and the delivery and you know his voices and there is even like imperfections and the way he was saying the words and whatnot it just created this much more real thing just by the mimicry of of his voice let alone then when it gets into the points of views and the concepts and all that deeper stuff. That's it. Okay. <laughs> so I like I said, I'm of two minds on this. One, it's like terrifying and like really bad. But I'm also like kind of in love with it. And like really? to an extent because I've been thinking because the more I think about it, I'm like, just imagine the possibilities. Like you're going to be able to, um, anything that you can imagine, this robot is going to be able to create it. <laughs> How fucking insane is that? Like, I want to see Tom Hanks sword fighting Antonio Banderas on top of a speeding train in like the middle of like winter. Yeah. And then it just happens. <laughs> but do you think it'll and be it, that good? But I'm like, well, I think eventually it will be. Yeah, you really think it can get I to think, that level? I think eventually people are just going to write essentially pitches 
and it's just going to AI generate movies. So you think the AI will get to the quality where it creates a movie and you're like, man, masterpiece. Like the way I feel when I watch, you know, anything of such caliber. Um, No, uh, only because I think most people have really shitty ideas and have no idea how to tell a story. You think AI will be better? No. Oh. I think it's humans are still going to be feeding into it. Uh-huh. But it's because a lot of it, it's just more like for personal reasons, right? It's going to be like, I want to see Gene Kelly in a movie with Grace Kelly. like, yeah. And we're going to put them in together and then somehow we're going to make it work. And I think that's going to be fun to play with. It's going to yeah. be a fun thing to play with. I don't know if it's necessarily going to take over emotionally because I think it's just going to generate so much garbage. There's going to be so much garbage. Like it's going <laughs> to, there's going to be so much shit. Yeah. Right? Like every... 12 year old kids going to make some like Lucy Lou porno video like oh. and there's just going to be a million of these things like every kid's going to make a Dragon Ball Z rip off like every kid's going to make right and it's just going to be a million iterations of garbage yeah like it's going to be so much garbage so hopefully like the like the nice stuff like will shine but yeah the nice AI work right because it's like <laughs> producers won't need the directors or the writers or the actors yeah Right, uh, but that's why like the, the strikes and stuff were so important because they were kind of like, we're not going to stand for this shit. Like yeah. uh, George, like I don't know if there's like legal grounds to sue over what they did. Like if the, like they're not making money off it, or maybe they are. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know the. I don't know enough about it. But like, if they are making money off it, that's really weird. And really, and then that's and really wrong. That's way wrong. Wait, what? What's more wrong? Creating someone's fake voice and opinion. Or getting paid for it. Or getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one's the worst one here? This is when you know we're Americans. Huh? I mean, getting paid for it is bad. Because that's too far. Now you're getting paid for it? No, no, no. I draw the line yeah. at that. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I want to get paid for it. No, Because that's, I think it's pretty bad. I it's don't know. It's disgusting, man. It is. But like, could you imagine? It's like, I want to see Solid Snake. Like, give me a stand-up comedy special as mm-hmm. Solid Snake. All right, I want to see the Nick Cage as Superman, Tim Burton's Nick Cage yeah. Superman movie. Or like, hey, uh, make me Napoleon, uh, uh, Kubrick's Napoleon. Like they might have oh. the script still, right? Yeah. That script might be floating around somewhere. Like you just feed it into the AI and it makes it. And you're like, I mean, will it be, a, it would just be interesting to see what it can do. Yeah. Because, but I think then you, there's probably some denial that kicks in, right? Some like uncanny valley denial where like with this George Carlin episode, you hear the jokes and whatever. And if someone didn't tell you and they said, yeah, this is just a George Carlin ep- uh, stand- or episode special yeah, that no one's really seen. But if you listen to it, it's like he's talking about all the topics now. You'd probably listen and be like, whoa, man, he fucking knew what he was talking about. You know, like I think, I don't know what I was talking about. I was talking about Uncanny Valley. Yeah, so just because you know, like if you were to hear it in that context, maybe you would like it more or find it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, no, neither of those words really are what I mean to say. But certainly once you find out like, oh, it's AI generated, you kind of like, uh, Carlin would be better. He'd mm-hmm. be more clever. He'd have a more nuanced opinion. Do you think that ever kind of, I just think, that I think automatic that, negative I th- bias? I think that's... uh are definitely there's definitely negative bias towards it because it's being generated by a non-human. Yeah. But I also think that is human arrogance 
coming out arrogance? big time because that was a lot of the comments was like George Connor would be wittier. He'd be cleverer. And it's like, how the fuck do you know? Yeah. Like maybe he wouldn't have been, maybe, maybe he, he would have been worse. <laughs> he could have been worse. Yeah. He could have been better. Like I hate when people talk in such absolutes with yeah. something that can never be an absolute. Yeah. Because, you know, I was thinking about how like depressing it is to be human sometimes. Cause it's like, there are just some universal things that we will never know. Like we will never actually know who Jack the Ripper was. <laughs> and like, wow. could you imagine Until that? Until AI actually figures it out. That's what I was going to get to. Oh. Like AI could figure it out. Yeah. But like as humans, like, right, we will never really know like who Jack the Ripper was. Like who really was the Zodiac killer? Or like who really, like what really happened like... To uh, JFK. Yeah, to JFK. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, there are probably there are probably people that know. Like, obviously, the person that was Jack the Ripper knew who he, who he was, but like, we'll never know. We'll yeah. never have the answer. You, Jack the Ripper knew he was Jack the Ripper. Exactly. Yeah. And he didn't write it down, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, guys, I know you'll be curious in a few years. King Richard II. I am Jack the Ripper. You know, like that didn't happen, yeah. unfortunately, because it's like I was thinking about that. I was like, man, that's the universe. Uh, this was, by the way, the Two Ring Day. <laughs> And I was thinking, like, man, the human existence, like, is so fucked up because, like, we think there's this order. There's, like, like there's someone guiding, like, a guiding hand. But then if there was, like, why would there be so many unanswered questions? Like, mm-hmm. fucking, like, what happened to, like, th- who built the pyramids? We don't even fucking understand that shit. Yeah. That's a guess. It's all guesses. Yeah. And we're just accept that those guesses, because so many people have came to the same guess that we're like, that must be what happened. (laughs) Right? Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Right? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But also, I mean, that's... Because that's like if you ask 10 people if they loaded the gun and they all said yes, but none of them were sure. And you put the gun in your face and you pull the trigger and like, you don't know if it's going to kill you or not. It's like a Schrodinger's gun or something. Yeah, Schrodinger, Schrodinger's gun. <laughs> Casper's gun. Did you load it? I thought I loaded it. Maybe I did. Maybe it was a different gun I loaded. I don't know. Yeah. And then... <laughs> or no. <laughs> I did it. You're dead and alive at the same time. Or dead alive beach volleyball. But you'll know you're dead. You'll or know alive. Y- or will you? I don't know. What is reality? What if you just blink out? Well, that doesn't sound so bad. It doesn't sound bad, but it's also a little disappointing. I had this this thought that uh, when you die, you just get re like born. Your consciousness just gets like in the future. People get so bored, like it's like the super super like in like ten thousand years, they get so bored that the only thing that they do for fun is like they revive the consciousness of like the people from the past. Oh, that's a really interesting. And so, like, you die and you just go to like the the infinite void of nothing until like someone reassembles like your consciousness and then you're like, oh, I'm back. And they're like, why? (laughs) (laughs) And but so then you get to like have like some crazy adventures with like beings made out of energy or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, Yeah. Let's see. After many changes, ups and downs. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. Um, speaking of work, we are nearly locked on Dickhead, which is nice. I think it's pretty cool because we talked about scene six, how we're going to... 
once scene six kind of gets locked in, um, we're going to do like a really nice like temp audio cut to see yeah. if we, so we can kind of like uh, get those like little tweaks in. So, cause like, you know, there's like a scene where uh, the killer like slams Jennifer against the wall and like where her head slams and how we make that, that special effect sound that will change like the length of the clip. Right. Yeah. So like there's stuff like that, that we got to do. And then it's kind of like picture locked, which is kind of cool. Um, Honestly, beyond that, if we get a really good temp audio cut of it, because then we could just send that out and be like, look, this is pretty, if you want to know what we had in mind, yeah. like we can write you notes. We'll have the notes to give them. Yeah. And then it is like, or just watch this. And that gives you a really close idea of what we like. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like, we'll be even further out, you know, we'll be on to the next steps just because we did that. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like once we're done with editing, like it's going to be, it's just, well, then it's probably going to be a matter of money, right? Yeah. That's, that's the scary <laughs> thing. Speaking of money, we're working on uh, that short with Alex, uh, Mr. And or uncle Rico, depending on, I guess your relation. Do you, do you want to spend money on it? That's what something I was thinking about too, where I was like, because we, we we had pitched or I had pitched initially like having like a $5,000 budget. And I was like, should we really be spending and like trying to spend $5,000 on like a short in a sense? Because I was like, maybe we should try to cut that budget down to like maybe a like $1,000 or, or less. Yeah. Because like shorts, I don't think, I think you should try to be making shorts as often as possible, but as cheaply as possible because they don't, they're just money pits yeah like a short is never gonna there's no return on, on investment on a short i don't know if that's true i mean financially yeah financially you can get but i don't think you can, you can get, i don't think you should look at a short as a financial game no 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 no. that's what i mean though it's not but when we also are like hey we're probably gonna have to put like ten thousand dollars into finishing dickhead yeah <laughs> no i think more yeah, spending more money to get on a like on a short would be crazy because I think the potential for dickhead is much higher than any short could be. Yeah, well, also I I see it two ways. Is in the practical way, which is like, yeah, one we should just be doing this as cheap as possible, no matter what. Always, I yes. think that's just a good thing yeah. to learn. If you're going to be a filmmaker, you got to learn how to come in under budget as much as possible. Like if you can ever achieve that, you're going to be successful. But also, I see it the other way where, you know, if we do spend money, I don't see that as, um, like, uh, sorry, the cards were just No, no, you're good. No, uh, it's hitting me hard. Um, yeah, I don't see, like, if you guys want to spend the money, I'm down to pitch it and spend money. I mean, granted, I don't have a lot. And granted, I want to save what I have majority for, for Dickhead because that's going to cost a lot. That's what That was my point. But I think also, you know, you got to spend the money to at least have some production value. For instance, we went to the set of or the location in Amboy. And it's pretty expensive to rent that. You can actually rent the place to film at. And it's not that expensive to to rent it overall yeah. but for us pretty expensive yeah but you know we were talking to the person they were like hey you know if it's a student film or something maybe we can you know, offer you a discount or something 
And so it might be in a more feasible range for the short, although it would be an expensive short. But, you know, spending money on stuff like that, that's just going to make it feel less amateurish. Uh, or not amateur, that's a bad word. Less real, right? Because you mm-hmm. want to feel like you're in a good location. and You, you don't want to feel like you're, you know, in my kitchen being the gangster lord. Right. You know, trying to make it look like a mansion. It's like, nah, that shouldn't be who this person is if they're going to be in that location. Exactly. And, and like Amboy, that's like a legit location. So whatever happens in that scene, yeah, that's going to look great. Yeah. You know, and so then it is like, yeah, you, well, you got to pay for that if you want that. Yeah. And you know? I think my concern was, it's not that, because one, I want to make the best thing that we can make. Obviously, I always want that's always the goal is to make the best thing you can make. But fuck, shit's a, shit mm-hmm. can be can get, you know, the money just starts just piling up real quick. Yeah. And then I'm, I, that's where I'm starting to think like, well, do should we be sinking in thousands of dollars into making a short when we like have a feature that we really need to kind of get done? Well, the way I and see that's it, where I was kind yeah. of like juggling in my head. Then I was like, well, no, well, I want to help Alex get this movie out. But then it's like. Because I remember you saying in the meeting was like, Alex, you're gonna have to come up with this this dough. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, is he gonna be able to do it? Like, <laughs> yeah. We had like this. It hasn't really been brought up. We got to talk about it. We got to discuss all this stuff because it's like we have we set this budget at five thousand, but it's like there's still zero dollars <laughs> in the coffers. That's right. True. Like, I know we haven't cast like done any casting or anything yet, but it's like there's still like I'm like how are we going to fill that that budget yeah no you, you make a really good point and like I said I wouldn't mind pitching in exactly but but it's like I'm this this has a majority of it well yeah I mean this instance specifically come from Alex because I I don't got a lot of money and the exactly. little money I want I want it to go to to dickhead because that's going to cost a lot and then I still got a jog at night I got to finish so that's going to cost yeah. a lot too exactly you know and Ultimately, dickhead's the thing that has to be done because even for Alex, because that makes that's a good calling card for him. Because yeah, because you know he shot he, the opening. Yeah, he shot the opening. He's a a DP on that. It's like, dude, you were on this film. Because the thing is, and I know it may be arrogant or cocky or whatever, but it's just like the big feature film is like that is going to be the calling card. That's bigger than the short. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> Once, it, if that gets, if Dickhead gets any traction, it sets us on a path where we just stop what we're doing and start filmmaking. Yeah. Like, that's, it's where it's like, if if Dickhead's like, gets picked up by studio or a producer sees it and says, hey, I want you guys to make another movie. It's like, bye job. Like, <laughs> well, not just that, right? you know, not just that. Like, if it generates any amount of like, hey, this was great. You guys should keep on it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll do another one. It'll be a lot smarter, like, because I won't have any money, so yeah. I'll be a lot more smart in the way of the story that's written. Yeah, and also... Like, yeah, I'll do it like like uh, Lucky McKee, right? Mm-hmm. That's his name? Steve yeah. McQuee? Lucky Mc- Steve? Lucky McKee? But, you know, he said, yeah, it, it's, it can be difficult and there can be ups and downs, but his job has become making films like that's the dream like how cool is that man 
I couldn't, I literally can't imagine. Like, I've been so shackled. Like, what's your job? Oh, yeah, I just make movies. Yeah, so, just, yeah. I just make movies. Like, I don't know. For me. Because even if we were just make, like, the thing is, is like, I think about, um, you know, I, I know you don't like, not, you're not a big fan of it, but that, <laughs> that, uh, that Santa Claus robot movie. Oh, gosh. What's that? Um, Silent Knife. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful knife. What is right? Like if you were making like shitty movies like that, it's like at least you're just. I oh, mean, no, I'd be having a blast, man. I, it's like it. It's just fun. Like I mean, we would. I I would hope that we would make better movies than that. But well, that's the, also the goal of our uh, ambition, right? It's not yeah. just to be content to make movies. It's also like to make movies people want to watch. Opportunity to make something that like people would be like. Hey, hell yeah. Okay, yeah. You, you're not a complete Neanderthal. Yeah, you know, I I mean, I want to make like an like a dark harvest, right? Like yeah. of like something like that or even something just any movie where you can tell the filmmaker put a little extra love and care. And that's, you know, where a lot of those Marvel yeah. and franchises movies go wrong cuz they're so soulless, man. They're soulless and also I I want and this is why I love when about us editing Dickhead is like, like I said, like there's, we are putting in every, every scene, there's something there to look at. There's a reason why that scene is there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and sometimes I think a lot of people just go for, I'm going to do this because it's cool or I'm going to well, do Well, we certainly did that too. I mean, we can't. Sometimes, Yes. But, but in the edit, we also cut all of it out. We literally <laughs> did like all of it except for like one thing, and it's because we were just like we painted ourselves into a corner a little bit on that. Too, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think that's the big problem with a lot of like filmmakers and indie filmmakers in particular is they're just like, I have one cool scene in mind, and uh, I'm going to build the story around that. Yeah, and where. It's like, no, we need like characters to do things. Yeah. We need the characters to you should be building it around the character. Yeah. You know, always. Not around like, hey, we're gonna have like this cool like long screwdriver fight or something. <laughs> like whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but what were we talking about? Did we answer all the questions? Uh, we were talking about I don't know. Yeah, you I think wanna... we did. No. All right. Wait, did we? Did you want to jump into the main? Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Let's. Uh, you take over. Yeah, or you got it, buddy. Yeah, Where just, are we going? I just want to ask this one. You asked. We took the longest break we have had in a long while. You're in the main discussion. Aren't we in the main discussion? I haven't read the quote. We're not even in the main discussion? No. Holy shit. 